Greetings, and welcome to Montessori in Action, a podcast for Montessori educators to remind you that you are not alone. I'm your host, Elizabeth Slade, and let's spend some time listening to what is in the hearts and on the minds of other Montessorians. Season four continues with a conversation with Sherry Bishop. Sherry will be giving a talk in January entitled, Are Montessori Educators Barely Awake, Woke, or Too Woke for Our Time and Place? In this episode, she discusses the history of the term woke, as well as her thoughts on the topic of awakening. Welcome, Sherry Bishop, for a conversation about if Montessori educators are barely woke, woke or too woke for our time and place. Thanks for being here. Oh, thank you for having me, Elizabeth. Well, will you just introduce yourself a little bit, get, give, share a little bit of your background with our listeners before we get started? Certainly, I'll say something about myself. <clears throat> First and foremost, I am a Montessori educator. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm certified or I have a diploma in primary um, education and also I'm trained as an elementary guide. Uh, I received both my diplomas from uh, AMI um, USA. I have two children, uh, and through them, I was introduced to Montessori, mm. and they spent much of their school careers in, in Montessori classrooms. I work as a human rights and social justice advisor for AMI USA, and also do quite a bit of consulting for the Montessori Institute of North Texas. And when I have the opportunity, I love to substitute mm. in classrooms so mm-hmm. I can maintain my uh, classroom management skills and enjoy uh, the Montessori curriculum with the children. So I'm excited to be here, and I thank you for inviting me. Mm, absolutely. Well, I saw that you have a talk on January 29th on this topic. And I wonder, I know there's been a lot of recent usage of the word woke in descriptions and social justice efforts. And historically, what has that word meant? You know, the word has been a- around for a long time. And it started out being a part of the African or African American vernacular. Um, it was a challenge, a word that meant uh, a challenge to us to, to be aware of what was going on politically, socially, and around justice issues. Historically, uh, it was first used, uh, Marcus Garvey, told uh his his uh, followers to uh stay woke mm. you know Ethiopia stay mm. awake and then it appeared in many songs or a couple of songs actually uh protest songs um in the 1960s uh Erica Badu has recorded it or stated it in her music there was a article written by William Melvy Mel Melvin Kelly, who was a essayist, uh, he wrote for the New York Times and he wrote, uh, if you woke, you dig it. And so <laughs> it's been, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's sort of a slang, mm-hmm. but we knew that it, in many instances, we had to stay village, uh, village, village as people 
uh, to understand what was going around us uh, to gain our rights, to maintain our rights. Um, and it, the word sort of reappeared again uh, through the Black Lives Matter movement, mm-hmm. but it's never been dead. It's always been present in our culture. Mm-hmm. And so that's what woke means. It just means uh, being, being aware, um, gaining knowledge, mm-hmm. understanding what it means to, to gain and have a true citizenship in this country. Mm. Mm. Powerful. So how has the idea of being woke changed? Well, unfortunately, the word has been co-opted and it has changed from a noun, being woke or, or, mm. uh, or being woke and working towards awareness, right? And now it's an adjective. You're woke. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's being used to describe ideologies and agendas mm-hmm. that are contra really to what woke really meant. Um, we're, people are now saying, and I say people, but I mean in our society, in our political arenas, it is almost a derogatory term mm-hmm. where it is being used to um, characterize progressive thought um, and make it something that is uh, negative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we, we hear like, oh, this is a woke ideology or a woke agenda, mm-hmm. meaning that it's contrary to, con- to, con- to some conservative views. Um, and contra to, uh, it really, um, progress in terms of justice, equity, and, um, full citizenship. We see some of our rights being taken away under this, uh, idea that our laws are too woke, mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. or, uh, book bans because the books are too woke. Mm-hmm. or um, laws against uh, rights of citizens like the LGBTQIA community because we are too woke. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So our society certainly advantaged people or the majority of people when marginalized people were not quote unquote woke. When we were asleep, hmm. when we were not strong, when we were not uh, advocates, when we did not take action, when we were not engaged, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that the world was more comfortable. The yeah. world was more comfortable for mm-hmm. a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking the same thing about allies, that when allies were not yet woke. Um, yes. Then it left the problem unsupported and there was no ability for full on unity around addressing what needed to yes. be addressed in order to bring out the, around that cohesive society you were just mentioning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Elizabeth, you know, this is not the first time that 
um, there has been resistance. I, mean, I, I almost think, and, and this is really true, uh, according to um, a, a recent article uh, in the Atlantic, maybe a, cu- a couple of years ago, you know, after the the George Floyd incident, and you know, I, I'm going to read the quote. This is the first time we, you know, since many many years, that we are really in a positive um, racial and social justice revolution. And the quote reads: Many Americans who were previously inclined to dismiss systemic racism or other isms as a myth. Uh, a reason for the wealth gap and uh, cultural pathology are now waking up, right? Mm-hmm. Even mm-hmm. and rethinking these untruths. And mm-hmm. this is a global thought. It's a shift in the paradigm. Mm-hmm. And you know, we've had many revolutions. We've had um, that that has got that have got us to this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had some progress, mm-hmm. you know, a series of small, individual, slow and steady <laughs> changes mm-hmm. that uh, were legislated. But now people want equity and they want accountability. Mm-hmm. And we're all recognizing that our country is not going to be what we want it to be until we're all on board with mm-hmm. that. This, this, mm-hmm. These isms are like uh, uh, chains around our necks, right? We feel the weight of them all the time. Mm-hmm. So now we're in a situation where, thankfully, it's been documented that the majority of citizens um, agree to participate in the acts or the significant fight for social changes, Um and this is a paramount situation in the life of our society. And it should be happening in our Montessori community because we are a part of the society. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we are a part of the global landscape. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that brings us perfectly to the talk that you're doing as part of the AMI USA um, Jedi series the Justice, Equity, Diversity, Inclusion series. Um, how did you come up with the idea to do a, this talk? Well, there are numerous articles um, that have been uh, circulating, um, and it, they are great a great foundation for this discussion because... You know, there's two sides to every pancake. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, it, it, as I was reading some of these, you know, where, um, today's, the organizations are becoming, the monastery organizations are becoming too political or we're too involved in social justice efforts and we, and many believe that there's no need for this because the pedagogy, the philosophy inherent in that is the notion that there, there's no need to fight for it, right? 
But we, the Montessori community is just a microcosm of our society. Mm-hmm. And the same issues that are in our society are within our Montessori community. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I think it's time that we had the discussion mm-hmm. to realize who, who do we want to be? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do we want to be? What kind of world do we want to have for the children? Mm-hmm. And you, we know that it's the children with their absorbent minds who before the age of seven have already decided <laughs> how they're going to live in this society of isms, this racialized society. We can either try to change it or help them change it. Or we can continue with the revolution after revolution after revolution and we go forward and then we backslide. We, you know, we had Reconstruction and then we had Jim Crow, right? Then we had the Civil Rights Movement and, and now, you know, we're, we're seeing our rights, uh, being dwindled away. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so, and not just rights about racial situations, but just human rights. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so um, it's time for us to ask, mm-hmm. you know, if we are awake at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. And awake means we are no longer believing this great lie that, put very simply, some people are better than others. Mm-hmm. That's just if you boil all what it all boils down to mm-hmm. is we all have some notions, mm-hmm. no matter who we are, mm-hmm. what identities we have. Mm-hmm. We hold beliefs that in some way, each of us is better than another, or each group is better than another, mm-hmm. and that we don't deserve the same advantages or considerations or opportunities or involvement, right? So justice just means that we are not believing the lie anymore, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, equity is the measurable outcomes of not believing the lie anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Diversity, we don't have to create that. Yeah. When two people are in a room, there's diversity. Right? <laughs> and the variables of that diversity, the extent of that diversity can be endless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And belonging just means that People feel affirmed. They feel, um, be- they feel like they're accepted. Mm-hmm. They're they part of the like they- beloved yeah. community. Yeah. Yeah. They have ownership. They feel appreciated. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's really simple. Mm-hmm. And if that's being woke, yeah, I, I want to stay awake. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Hmm. So is that the central theme of the talk, or is there a, a through line? Well, I'm hoping that uh, my invitation to have someone who thinks we're too awoke, too too awake, mm-hmm. uh, will be there. And, and 
you know, someone that's um, advocating for this so-called woke um, wokeness. I won't say woke agenda, woke ideology, because I don't believe that that's what it is. Mm-hmm. I just think it's 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 considering the fundamental needs of every human being, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And to to ask the audience questions, you know, I want to understand from the members. You know, we get positive and we get um, not so positive. Um, communications from our members. So the grassroots people should be the people who who we're listening to. And I believe that the majority of the people in our community wants to see this change happen. Mm-hmm. And but first we have to accept that change needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, now we're digging in all the work of unconscious bias and getting conscious and recognizing how we are contributing to an old narrative that's not serving the next generation of learners. Um, and that, that's big work right there. Yeah. And, and not serving the next generation of trainers. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. The next generation of guides. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and we know, um, though I absolutely am passionate about the Montessori education or the, the, the way, um, that my children experience education, we had some issues along the way. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I would have loved for my children to be in more diverse environments, which, where there was more um, emphasis on the importance of culture um, and more recognition of differences, whether it be learning differences or my child had significant ADHD and it was a struggle to keep him in the Montessori environment. I have one son that came out as gay in the eighth grade. Mm-hmm. In a Montessori environment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I thank those guides that he had. And I actually interviewed them and I wanted to know, you know, what was it that uh, made that, oh, you showed him so much empathy, so much compassion, so much love, mm-hmm. so much protection. And we all need to have that. And I, it simply was that they recognize his individual individuality. We say mm-hmm. we follow the child mm-hmm. often until you're different, mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So I I think those, and I know that they aren't the only people that. In our, in our Montessori world that would approach it like that. But there also are some who don't. And so I was fortunate to be a part of that school and for him to be a part of that classroom with those enlightened, woke mm-hmm. gods. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what are you hoping that, um, the listeners of the, the conversation, um, take away? From, from the talk. 
that this is not rocket science. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I said, you know, it's, it's just the, the recognition that if it's not going to happen organically, then we have to continue this social and racial positive revolution uh, and make it uh, uh, not a big issue. You know, mm-hmm. what I, what we love to have to not talk about this? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like it's gotten easier for people to talk about um, issues of race or the idea of white supremacy or systemic racism? Do you sense that? That's, yes. There's more, yes. more ease, people less afraid of yes. naming and talking. Yes. Yes. I think that's absolutely true. And I think it's because we're all tired of it. We want it to end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we realize that we all have more commonalities than differences, whether it be about religion, whether it be about culture, whether it be about race, mm-hmm. uh, socioeconomics. Um, you know, we're all people who ju- want our children to be successful, to be well-educated, to be good human beings. Mm-hmm. In order for us to create that environment for us, for them, we must live out those principles, not model them, but really live them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, have our own changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, as Maria Montessori said, we must root out those prejudices that we have in our heart. That's what she said, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that takes work. That takes some work. Right, and it takes honest, honest talk, being able to mm-hmm. name something to someone else that was hurtful or that was unconscious or that was not woke, um, yeah. something said or done. How do we make those corrections in community without being separate from each other again because it happened, but leaning into it with each other? Yeah. One of the other things that I would say that I would want people to walk away with is this idea that, uh, first of all, grace and courtesy lessons are beautiful. <laughs> uh, Jenny uh, Sackett called it the invisible um, curriculum mm. because it's just supposed to be inherent in, or it's a part of everything that we do. Mm-hmm. And so there's this notion and thought that's, I think, too prevalent that grace and courtesy lessons and social behavior will move this idea of justice further or this idea of diversity or equity further. And I do want to say that there's some things that grace and courtesy lessons do not do. Mm-hmm. They don't build upon and draw upon intergroup awareness, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They don't really teach us to know each other. They teach us to be with each other. Mm-hmm. They don't 
create classroom environments that reflect diversity, equity, and justice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Grace and courtesy lessons are within the classroom between the students and the guide sometimes, mm-hmm. but they, it does, they don't allow engagement of families in communities in ways that are meaningful and culturally competent. Mm-hmm. They don't, it doesn't encourage students to speak out against biases and injustices. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They don't always support students' identities, identities, right? Mm-hmm. They don't facilitate use of instructional strategies that support diverse learning. And they don't teach students to critically engage with meaningful social issues and to build bridges across differences. Because, and, and that's what I would want us to think about how are we going to do that? And we have to do that through this work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to share before we close our conversation? Well, I just want to encourage everybody to um, go to our amiusa.org website and Register for the Jedi session this January 29th when we'll have this discussion further. Mm-hmm. There's also going to be a really wonderful uh, teacher series that's going to start in April. And there's three sessions in March, April, and May. They're mainly focusing on how to support the teacher, the social, emotional well-being of the teacher. And we're going to have... Um, an author and a couple of other uh, very uh, knowledgeable and um, uh, presenters about how we can stay healthy, how we can avoid burnout. Mm. And so I'm looking really forward to the, to that this, those discussions as well. Mm. And you can buy a, um, a one session, or you can register for the series. So I encourage everybody to do that. Lovely. Well, thank you so much for taking time to be on the podcast and talk a little bit about the upcoming talk and the series of talks. It was wonderful to have you on the show. All right, Elizabeth, stay woke. Yeah. (laughs) Our show is a project of public Montessori in action, elevating voices in the community to forward the mission. Our host is Elizabeth Slade. Our producer is Isaac Price Slade. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and sharing it with others. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts.